So, did you hear this message? Oh, man. It was unbelievable. Really? I, I can't get over it. Oh, sexy? This woman drove us out of our minds. Like, uh, how did she sound? She had this throaty, sexy kind of whisper. Really? Like, uh, like, uh, Jerry, I want to slide my tongue around you like a snake. Oh, oh, oh. oh my God. You? You? That was you? How did you... I stopped in the club to see him, and I was standing in the back while he was on, right? And there was this tape recorder there, and I... Got this impulse. <laughs> what? No, nothing. nothing. <laughs> now listen, promise me you won't tell him, okay? I want to have a little fun with this. I had no idea you were filled with such... sexuality. <laughs> oh, that was nothing. So listen, what about this bald thing? Oh, it's a bald thing, a bald thing. I don't know, it's nothing. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Seinfeld, the podcast where we discuss everything we know about the show about nothing. Today we are here to review a fantastic episode of Seinfeld. It is known as The Tape. I am Dando. I'm Guy. I'm trying to do my tape voice. Your breathy voice, yes. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I like to think it's one of my better qualities, my voice. I don't know if I've got that many good qualities, but I'm, I'm kind of happy with the way my voice has turned out. It's funny because you never used it for your profession. I guess you did to an extent, but the part of your job that you got paid for was the writing aspect. I suppose you interviewed guests, so you had to use your voice in that sense, but now you're finally putting your asset to good use of this podcast. I, I am indeed. So thank you, Dando. You're the one, you, you, you spun gold out of straw. You might say. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Every once in a while, when I was interviewing people and then writing it up, yep. you know, not every once in a while, I'd have like a professional person, like an actor, say, "Have you ever done radio?" <laughs> it's like, why are you an actor with that why, voice? Why are they te- why are they ten year old guy voice? <laughs> 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 that sounds really nice. <laughs> uh, so I'd be like, "Oh, that's very, that's very nice. Thank you." And I always thought maybe I should try and do something a bit with it, but um, yes, it was Dando found this diamond in the rough. Yeah, certainly <laughs> is a diamond. That's for sure. No one else is a diamond. This episode, I thought this was indeed enough talk about me. Let's talk about the tape. I thought this was <laughs> hilarious. This this was well, not even joking. I always say this all the time, but this was my favorite episode of Seinfeld to date. This was so great. I loved it. Can we trust you, Dando? <laughs> Actually, in this case, I don't believe we can trust you because this is a very, it's a very, very funny episode. It's a very well put together episode. There's not a lot that goes on. No. It's just an A plot and a B plot. Maybe a little bit, a little bit of a C plot in there. No, probably not. But everything in there just works a treat. How great, and this is my favourite moments, but how great was just Elaine throughout this entire episode? Just <gasps> the best. <laughs> this was just... What an episode for JLD fans. Oh, no. <laughs> Holy Christmas. But for Team Julia. Oh. Yeah. She just played that role to perfection. Like when she was acting as the porn star for Kramer on the camera. Holy Christmas. I had to get the towel like George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. But um, everyone's a winner in this episode. Yeah. I mean, it is primarily the core quartet. I think there are three guest actors in the um, in the end credits. And I'm trying to remember who the third one was. Well, there'd be, there'd be the... the Fridge repair man, he'd Fridge be one. Man. We had the, the ping uh, the delivery guy, ping the delivery guy who who returns in future episodes. Who would be the other guest? Um, oh, Beta, maybe. Oh, that's it. Yes, yeah. But yeah, essentially, it's uh, it's the Jerry, George, Kramer, and Elaine show. Yeah, and yeah, everyone just plays their roles to perfection this time around. It's so funny, so enjoyable. They, and very likable. I mean, uh, Seinfeld is generally likable, but I think it has a bit of a rep as like, oh, you wouldn't want to hang out with these people in real life. Yeah. In this episode, I think you would. Every, everyone's sort of getting along, but also, you know, sort of getting not only each other's nerves, but this, they're miscommunicating in ways that are fun and interesting and probably would make for a good story like two, two or three years down the line. 
And they're not really making fun of each other here either. They sort of like tongue in cheek, sort of like jabs occasionally at George with his hair and things like that. But it's not yeah. mean spirited, any of it. No, even when you know he's got the uh, the gunk on his head and you stink, you stink. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's pretty. No, no one ever. That's probably one of the worst things you say to people. It's like, you smell bad. Yeah, oh. someone's got the BO to the point where it's really bad. It's like it, it, you have to really be friends with that person for you to be able to go. Oh, you stink, man. Like yeah, you don't yeah. want to hear that. If you hear that, <laughs> you, you're conscious. You just want to go home. You just want to go, crawl into a hole and die when someone says that to you. Because there's, no, so. there's nothing you can do. If you've got BO smell, it's like, well, now I've just got BO smell. I, can't, I have to go home and shower. That's the only way to fix this. Yeah. <laughs> but when Kramer says it it's like, to George, it's like he's sort of saying it to be cruel, but he's more just saying it in a straight, in a straightforward way. It's like, oh, you smell bad. You stink. <laughs> you stink. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just honestly though, you're right. It's just mainly the, the four uh, main characters, but they all had not much really to do in this episode. But it felt like a lot. They just they took that little nugget and just made it this giant twenty pack of nuggets. It was so great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what Jerry thinks he's got someone after him, so his ego's all puffed <laughs> up and he's feeling very full of himself. Yeah, George has got this out-of-nowhere crush on this woman that he's known for a very long time, clearly, just seeing her completely new light. Elaine thinks she's running this terrific con or long gag or whatever. And Kramer's not doing all, but the, the bit with the camera, just, you know, he's able to take a, a tool it's the, it's like the, the camera. throughout the episode that keeps all the stories together, yeah. Yeah, and just turn it into like a nice running bit about, ooh, yeah, we've got Elaine here and you know, that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what you would do in in the early days of having like a camera. Yeah. And, and any time the technology is updated, people always just have to be filming shit, whether they've got like a dirty, great camcorder or just the latest schmick shit on their phone. It's like, look, I can turn I can turn everyday shit into a Michael Bay movie with my new Galaxy 12 or whatever. 21, please. <laughs> whatever the fuck we're up to. <laughs> I'm still on single digits, man. I'm still on a Galaxy 8. Oh, good for you. I mean, look, if it's still paranoid, sometimes you find the older phones, they just live forever. The newer ones are like, oh, they've got two, three years life in them. Yeah. Well, let's think my previous Galaxy, because I've always been a Samsung dude, I've never been an Apple guy. Yeah, same. The last one I had, the the battery started like bulge. Oh, shit. Yeah, I know. It's like, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, can I replace this? Because I like the phone. And they're like, eh, you might as well just get another phone. It's ch- it's cheaper if you just take a new one. <laughs> Pretty much. But the one that I've got now, I've had for m- many, many years, and it's still running a treat. I Admittedly, I did. <laughs> I use it when I'm playing podcasts in the shower, when I want to listen to a podcast in the shower. And I was changing and I dropped in the shower and the screen has got a, like a split uh. and a little bit of uh, spider webbing on it. But otherwise, it's p- working perfectly. And I think I've pro- probably got too many photos on it, so I need to download some. I'll get rid of some of them. But otherwise, it's still going. I'm like- You sound like my mum, though. I'm, 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 I'm like, mum, your phone, I know, I know it's just working, but you can just get a new one. It's fine. She's like, it still works. It's a waste of a phone if I take a new one. I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> just- just going to I'm going to make life a little easier yeah. for those kids in Africa yeah. that are, you know, mining carbon. You know, I'm, I'm reducing my carbon footprint a little bit. And also, I think if I got a new phone from my friends at Optus, I don't think, oh, I couldn't know. I think I'm just going to stay on this because I've got a good plan. And, you know, if I upgrade to a different phone, I have to get a different plan that would probably be like 20 bucks a month more, which I know is not a lot in the scheme of things. The change <laughs> scares me. Change does scare me. This, everything works well. Yes. Enough about my phone. <laughs> Let's talk more about the tape. Yes. You're discussing uh, Kramer with the camera, and I completely agree because I had in my notes, the charm of this scene is lost now where you have just have the video. It's usually dad walking around with the camera going, and here's Brandon, you know, picking his nose, and here's this. Because now <laughs> we can just pull our phones out and just film something. If we don't like it, we just delete it. We're just – we're so – Oh, what's the term? Like we, we we don't really store videos anymore. We keep them on our phone. But when we get a new one, a lot of people just throw that phone out and throw away a lot of the memories with it. Where no, terrible. Back in like these in these early nineties, when you had in the eighties, when you had the camcorder, you watch the old family videos, and it was just one long continuous video. It goes for like 15, yeah. 20 minutes. But you go back now, and it's like it's great because you feel like you're there because it's not quick changes there's no not and it's not slick no it's either. not slick at all and i love the. i was going to say the um the old zoom in where they held the button down too long and you zoom in on someone's nose and it's like <laughs> they, don't, they don't realize realize oh, for like the, 20 seconds the zoom goes in and sort of goes out of focus yeah. and like, 
<laughs> yeah, just that that kind of stuff. I, I miss I miss that when you're watching old family videos. But yeah, this episode just the best. That is a good one, still. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorites. All right, what were your favorite moments from the tape, Mr. Davis? Uh, look, it's something I've I noticed particularly in this episode, although it may run throughout earlier episodes or throughout the whole um, series, mm. is the way that particularly Jerry and Elaine will sort of mimic one another in certain ways. I mean, I like they've got their little ways of communicating with like when they first show up at Monk's Diner, it's hello, what's happening? That kind of stuff, which, you know, occasionally when you're around your mates that you've known for a very long time, you'll sort of talk in silly voices or yeah. you'll, you've got a little secret code yeah. or something like that. So I like that. And I also notice that Jerry and Elaine sort of mimic each other's smiles. Sometimes they do. a do um, they? They're very big on the, doing the whole teeth thing like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's a character thing or just the way uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Julie Louis-Dreyfus actually smile or whatever, but I like to think that particularly in JLD's case, she's enough of an actor that she would go, okay, well, I think something about Elaine is that, you know, she's been around Jerry. What, something that connects them is that they they do mimic each other a little bit. That's what they've got. They've got that chemistry. Do you think the Elaine character is supposed to be a mild form of Jerry, like a female version of Jerry? I wouldn't be surprised. Because they, they do yeah. have similarities, but they're also different. And it's ne- and they needed to be different as well, because kind of two of the same character. doesn't work yeah. comedy. Well, given how autobiographical the show is to some degree, or how much it's based on real people and real situations, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Elaine was based on someone that they know, whether it's a fellow comedian or uh, someone in their social circle or whatever. Well, she wasn't even intended to be in the show. They just threw her in there because the network's like, we need a woman. We <laughs> and who doesn't? Um, so I like that bit very much. I've just I've written down here in all capitals. Damn! <laughs> I think it's just when Julie is explain oh, revealing to that's, George that that's she mine. Thing. She does the voice, yes, yeah. But also just the whole look. You know, I mean, she says she's just come from the gym and she's looking a bit sort of not ragged, but looking a bit sweaty, which yeah, I yes. know, brings brings to mind something else. <laughs> yeah, but she um. She just looks so proud of herself. Yes. So, yeah, I, I love that whole bit. I thought that was fantastic. And just, it's a real little bit. Yeah. When George has got Ping, the delivery guy, talking on the phone to China, and he, and Ping pulls that joke about, oh, the side effect is impotence, and there's a little cutaway to Kramer. He's got his mouth full of noodles. He's just like, he thinks that's hilarious. He thought that was- <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he does too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, it, was, it, it looked like a really genuine smile from yeah. Michael Richards as well, so I really dug that. Yeah, that, they, that were my- that were my top favourite bits, but there were so many. I think a lot of this felt, even if it wasn't, it just felt because the way it was acted, improvised. Particularly when, mm. when Michael Richards just had the camera. It feels like they just said, Michael, get the camera, just walk in and start talking to Elaine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I also loved when Elaine did the reveal. But I just loved later on, where are you going? Well, I have to go home. It's been from the gym. I have to have a shower. Well, can I have a shower at your place? Sure. Gets the towel, dabs his forehead. <laughs> I, I, that was so fucking great. <laughs> But just Jason Alexander's facials throughout this of just oh, the, yeah. I'm in love with you, but I don't know how to feel about this. I don't know what to do with it. Like, should I tell you? Should I not? Like, it's just the, he was saying so much with his face without actually saying anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you're feeling like he's really reveling in sort of like, oh, this woman's so hot. And <laughs> she's sort of got proximity to me. And we've got history. Something, I could, I could make it work. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, he's terrified of it. Uh, yeah, it's really great stuff from Jason Alexander. Could you spell that, please? No. Next question. All right. Trivia for the tape. My first question is, the fridge repairman says to Jerry, you don't want to disturb the position of the what? Compactors? Compressor. Nearly. Compressor. Mm. <laughs> what is Jerry's name for George's big toe routine? Something, something toast, to, uh, toast soldiers or something, so- soldiers in there somewhere. It's very close. Would you like me to give it to you? Yeah, give me, give me the answer. He calls it the coup d'état. Ah, that's right. Yes. All right. <laughs> My next question is: What does Jerry ask Elaine to order him before he races off to speak to Beta? A decaf. Correct. Well done. <laughs> One point, Davis. Oh, uh, what is the name of the doctor? The great man. In China, who cured baldness. Ah, oh, man, I didn't know that one. What was it? His name is Zhang Zhao. Zhang Zhao, okay. 
I like also because when that was coming up, I'm like, oh, I feel like we're gonna get a lot of racist humor here. It's the early '90s, but there wasn't. It wasn't at all. There, there was no not racism. Real. The only thing, and it's not really racist. It's just kind of Jerry questioning them. <laughs> no, no, it's kind of insensitive. It's like uh, George, do you speak Chinese? It's like, well, there is Cantonese and Mandarin, you know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> My next question is the name of the porno. That Elaine stars in, according to Kramer, is what? <laughs> Ding. Uh, it's Elaine does the Upper West Side. Yeah. How, how just how fantastic was that scene in general? It was just so great. <laughs> I loved it. Anyway. <laughs> just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, My next question to you. What is Elaine's middle name? Marie. Yes, it is. Yeah, I got a point. All righty. My next question is how much did... Kramer's Chinese cost? Well, that's a really good question, and I don't know the answer to it. It's $15.90. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of Chinese, how long after receiving the check or the money order will George receive oh. his hair stuff from China? Uh, it's not three days. Not long, is it? It's three three days? days, yeah. Three days. Right. We're on two points each. Two clearly, points each. Uh, clearly prime membership. <laughs> we need a um a tiebreaker. We do because I've question. got no more questions. All right, so I'll try and think of one on the spot. All right, what do we got? What do we got here? Um, all right, what is the name of the who, name of the woman that Jerry missed? <gasps> it's Alicia. It's Alicia. Well done. You're on three. See if I can get the next one. What's your next question? You got oh, one for me? okay. Hang on a sec. Let me look through what. I've See if got we can end here. both winners. <laughs> yeah, both winners. Uh, George says that mm-hmm. uh, the tape that Elaine makes yeah. is like a letter from which magazine? Uh, Penthouse. Penthouse. Yay, we're both winners. Woohoo, three points we're each. We're all winners. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that is trivia for the tape. Hope you guys enjoy. Stick around after this short break. We'll be back with our in-depth review of the episode. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Talking Seinfeld, you can support the show on Patreon, where not only will you get early ad-free access to the show, but you also get access to hours of bonus podcasts, access to our exclusive Facebook community, and so much more. So join the family today at patreon.com slash discount. Link is in the description of this podcast. If you feel like having yourself a time, then check out our new podcast, Going Down to South Park, where we go back and revisit every episode of the iconic series, dissecting the stories, reveling in chef sing-alongs, and chuckling at the occasional fart joke. Going Down to South Park is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She's literally the biggest Friends fan I know, so who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The original air date of the tape was November 13th, 1991. It was directed by David Steinberg and written by Larry David, Bob Shaw, and Don McEnery. Uh, it guest starred, as you said earlier, John Apicella, I want to say Apicella, as the repairman, Ping Wu as Ping, and Norman Brenner as Beta. Not the first time we the first time we see Ping, but not the last. No, you, I think he comes back three or four more times, yeah. I think so, he's in three other episodes beyond this one. Plus this one, okay. The episode kicks off with some stand-up, of course, talking about the hair transplants and the body rejecting it. So this doesn't always happen, but this stand-up sets up the episode, what the episode will be about. Mm. So yeah, we get the um the body rejecting the hair transplant. Would you? Is that something you would ever consider? I don't think I would. I but never did. At, 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 in two thousand, like in twenty twenty two, it's much more successful, and it's not really a big deal. I feel when I was growing up, when someone had hair transplants, though, it was like the butt of comedy. If someone's got hair transplants now, it's like, hey, good for them. Good. What's 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 wrong with a guy wanting to get his hair back? That's fine. <laughs> That's a very good point. See, I'm I'm I missed that window on that one. My hair was coming out in the early, in, around this time. Around the time, around 1991. That early? Like, well, how, but how, would, how were you at that point, though? You were I was in 20s? my early 20s. Yep, and okay. I, even then, I noticed it was starting to recede a little bit at the front. And then I think I noticed, I probably said this on, on Four Figure Discount once, okay. that I was in uh, an elevator, one of those mirrored ones. I don't think you all have All mirrored. Huh. And I, could, I looked at the front and I could see my head at the back. It's like, wait a minute. Oh, you're, you're that guy in the ad. I looked in the, I looked in the security camera. And I was like, who's that bald guy? It That's was me. myself. <laughs> <laughs> but at that stage, it was like, uh, 
No, it's either a toupee or it's plugs, and plugs just look fake. And uh, mm. well, the board looks the board looks suits you anyway. Very Sean Connery. They, oh, thank you. Thanks very much. Um, but, Was that your company? I mean, <laughs> we'll get to that as well. But uh, I mean, I I don't think I'm telling tales out of school. One of my nephews is now yep. in his thirties, and his hair it was thinning. He's like, yeah, I'm going to put aside a few bucks, for, you know, a few thousand bucks, and uh, get a bit of a system in. I'm like, oh yeah, well, is it working? Know. Uh, I haven't seen him in a little while, so okay. uh, next time I see him, he may well just have, you know, like- um, Rocking it. Yeah, he might have the rocking locks. These are Demoxanol from, uh, from The Simpsons. Quite possibly. My big theory on this is when you see any time you see uh, a Hollywood actor, or just an actor, primarily a male one, <laughs> with a role where they have a shaved head, next time you see them, their, head, their hair will be suspiciously thicker. But I thought usually when that's the case, they usually just put like the balding cap on. I think the river mind is like, well, now I've got to shave my head for this role. But then you have to shave it anyway to probably get, you know, the replacement thing done. I think McConaughey did it before that movie Rain of Fire, the dragon one, because he had a shaved head and that. And next, and you could see that his hair was thinning before that. Then after that, it was a bit thicker. What about what's his face in um, American History X? I think that was the same with Edward Norton. You look Edward at his Norton, early yeah, roles yeah. and his hair's a bit sort of floppy and thin. After that's a bit thicker. Matt Damon, likewise. Do you think they get the transplants after they I shave? I think they get the transplants after they shave it. It was like, okay. it's just, a, it's a theory. It's a well, next, next time you interview Matt Damon, just ask him, did you get the transplants? Yeah, why, you know, why don't you just rock the, rock the guy Davis look, man? Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've got the fridge maintenance guy, and he doesn't return in the episode. I thought he would, he, he seemed like he was getting a, a role. It felt like he was going to play I think, a part. I think he did enough acting in his 30 seconds for the rest of the show. He was going for it. Yeah, but I, I didn't mind it because sometimes, because this does happen when you get a repair guy over, and it's like, I, it's same with like a taxi driver or whatever. It's like, you're here to do a job. I don't want to communicate. <laughs> that is true. And you feel bad about it, but it's yeah. like, apparently there are hairdressing salons where you can specifically request no talking good because <laughs> <laughs> oh, i just can't be bothered i want to sit there close my eyes and just go to sleep and cut my hair yeah it's like, I'm, I'm, i trust you just just do yeah, it <laughs> just do it yeah but the, yeah i i enjoyed this little banter but jerry's not interested in, in chatting to him because uh well, he's listening why to would his, he be when he's listening to this tape yeah exactly he's listening to this well he's not listening to the ta- that part yeah he's listening to his material because he, re- he did some new material at a recent show mm. and he's gone back and listening to it i wonder how many comedians actually do this probably all of them I mean, it would make sense. I'll wager any of them worth their salt are probably, okay, that played well. Oh, my timing's off on that one. I can hear the crowd was into that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of recording going on. And I've just got here, I like that they add that little perfectionist element to Jerry because it suits the character. He will be a perfectionist. Mm. Yeah. So, George arrives and he asks Jerry if he's been using his joke about the, uh, the toes. Yep. Got nothing. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And then did you, when George says he's calling China, did you just get Donald Trump uh, vibes? China. China. (laughs) I'm calling China. (laughs) Calling China. Uh, For hair. The Chinese have done it, my friend. They've discovered the cure for baldness. And I just liked in this scene how everyone saw the documentary because it felt very 90s where everyone watched the same shit because you had like a handful of channels. Yeah. Unless you had like cable or whatever. Not everyone had cable, but if something was on like channel 10 here in Australia, channel 9, most people were watching those things. It was a good chance that your friend saw it as well. But, oh, you saw that too. Yeah, I saw it as well. I was like, yeah, I like that. It just felt I very nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kramer walks in with a camera that he got from Spectre. He's, he's the guy who likes fat women, apparently. He's got a fat fetish. Fat fetish. He's going to be a minimalist. And as yeah, Jerry says, um- the fat fetish cancels out being that, right? <laughs> uh, then... In- Joe, uh, Kramer points out to George, well, you can't call China now. It's, it's three in the morning there. He's like, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And also another element to this um, episode that felt very nostalgic was the expensive phone call yeah. side of it. Because <laughs> now we can, I could probably Zoom China right now, video call, cost nothing. I can get there immediately. It's just, it's crazy how technology should change the world in that aspect. But they, Jerry then overhears a message. We don't know it's Elaine yet. He overhears mm. a message from a woman. And their reactions were great. It felt like it went for like, a minute of these guys just going, oh my. Ooh. But every time they did it, it was just funny. <laughs> yeah, a great start by Jerry as well. Was, oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. What? Oh. God. Oh. Man. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe what I'm hearing. This woman's talking to me on my tape recorder while I was on stage. 
This is wild. I never heard anything like this in my life. Listen to this. Oh my God. Wait, 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 wait. Who is this woman? I don't know. I have no idea. I was just listening and she came on. This is like a penthouse letter. Why can't I meet women like All right, this? Come on. Wait, 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 wait. I wonder if they were actually playing something in their ears to give them that sort of momentum to actually react that way. It's a really good point. I mean, I was watching it on Netflix and yep. it came with subtitles. Yeah, and apparently you could hear the voice. When you when Jerry passes the headphones, the very old school Walkman headphones, uh, to George, on the subtitles you can hear, I want to slide my tongue around you like a... And we find it snake later on, yeah. Yes, yeah. So... I can only presume there was something on the tape. Whether JLD actually recorded it, that'd be that'd be fun. That'd be interesting. Well, I, I guarantee you what they've done in post-edit is they've got the audio of uh, Elaine saying it to George in the cafe and put it in there. Yeah, good point. As a little tease kind of thing, yeah. But as George says here, it's like a penthouse letter. And another great bit here was that how, how um, Kramer wanted to listen to it and George was hogging it. No, 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 I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished yet. <laughs> like little little like school kids again. Kramer goes to uh, listen, turns it up loud and just does the classic Michael yes. Richards comedy. We're now at Monk's and they're discussing the China faking the cure as they're walking in. What? What? If they really got a cure, why would they give it out? Then it'd be a nation of supermen. <laughs> and it's... That there, I guess, sums it up the position of baldness in the early 90s, almost like it, it was a uh, a failure for a man to be bald. It's, it's weird, but was it actually like that? Or like if you were bald in the early 90s, was it seen as, oh, poor guy, he's bald? Or was it, oh, he's just bald, whatever? A, a little. Look, speaking personally, uh, it, it was a bit of a bummer to be in my early 20s and have, to have it sort of starting to thin because I was like, Oh man, I had like a two-year window of looking like really handsome. You got the, you got the, you got the ablet treatment. I did. Indeed. I mean, and it took a long while before I, you know, started shaving it right back. I mean, I had <laughs> what the great uh, Twitter film critic Lexington Lexington G refers to as sides. Did you, have, a, what, did, did you have the Hulk Hogan style? Oh no, I didn't have like um a scarlet or anything oh, like that. So you no. didn't have, but did you have maybe the um, the Dick Solomon from Third Off from the Sun? What's his name? Um, John Lithgow. John Lithgow. Did you have the John yeah, Lithgow? Yeah, a bit of, yeah. I mean, thin on top and a, a little bit on the sides. And to this day, my mum's like, oh, you shaved your head again. It's always nice when you've got a bit on the side. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, mum. Mum, sides. <laughs> I'm not doing sides. <laughs> <laughs> a bit on the sides. Yes, indeed. How old were you when you first went full shaved off? I probably would have been in my late twenties. Okay, was it a, was it a, was there a fear of if I shave this all off, it might never grow back? Was that the fear? Actually, no. The first time I really shaved it right down was probably when I was about twenty five or something, just to see what it would be like. Did you fear that it wouldn't grow and, back? Oh uh, no, no, but I was I wanted to see what I was working with essentially, yep. <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, this isn't too bad. I mean, I I'm glad. I mean, I would not be completely clean shaven up top and without a beard. I don't yep. think I look that good without it. I think I need to have some hair going on. <laughs> yeah, you're very distinguished. <gasps> you're, and you're very sweet. Thank you, sir. <laughs> but, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, discussing the discussing the Superman. And then he says, ask Elaine for her opinion. Brings up the sexy message. No, no, no. I meant that the Chinese boldness cure. That was just a, a way of furthering the story. Very well written. And he sees Beta. And that's just a chance to get Jerry away so it that is. Elaine and George yeah. can have their little, their little meeting here. And- this whole next scene was just incredible. Like, Julia in this was just in her absolute element. This has to be one of her greatest scenes in the show to date, I reckon. Oh, yeah, just having so much fun with it, and but also just showing off her incredible you know, comic timing and vivacious presence, one might say. I mean... Uh- it's almost it's also the, um, the, the, the fact that she doesn't really see herself as this kind of person. It's like, I was just playing along. Like, she doesn't actually think that she's all that sexy. Yeah. Like, the fact that she doesn't realise it makes it sexier. <laughs> yeah. I, just the way she's... Oh, yeah, the, just the innocence got, of it all. Got this impulse. <laughs> and just, you know, just like, it's hilarious. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. And you can, just as you see Ralph Wiggum's heartbreak in real time, you see George just become consumed by erotic desire in real time. Yeah. It's, it, it's great before, It's great work by both. 
it's just so great how George is explaining, oh, this voice, it drove us out of our minds. You know, she, <laughs> she had this throaty kind of sexy kind of whisper. And then when she does it and the, the way he just peeps over the menu, <laughs> it's just, it's, mm. it was you. And she, yeah, she's so proud of herself. And George, as you were saying, he's just taken it back. And she says, don't tell Joey, I want to have some fun with it first, which I thought was, was quite good. And then uh, as George says, yeah, I had no idea you were filled with such sexuality. <laughs> and then Jerry walks over and Jerry just being Jerry, very patronizing to Elaine. Oh, Elaine, Elaine, you wouldn't know. <laughs> she was talking about things on this tape, things that are illegal in certain states. And, uh, but, you know, things that you, know, you would know very little about. She's like, oh, really? Oh, I see. Okay, then. And she's just playing dumb the whole time, which is great. Jill just though, sits in silence the whole time. He's just, just staring at it. <laughs> they, they use all the characters so well. And yeah. you know, not just in terms of dialogue, but in terms of reaction size. They know that the, the creators of the show or the, and the makers of the show, the directors, et cetera, just know they've got a terrific arsenal to work with. You know, they've got multi-talented people. Sounds like, yeah, you can convey this without saying a word, man. But it's the, it's the simplicity of all of this. It's 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 why you can really understand why Seinfeld became such a success. It wasn't hmm. wacky this part. It wasn't sort of like a a manufactured story. It was no, she left a, a sexy message on her, on a tape, and yeah. everything the the way the guys react is just so relatable because I reckon yeah. nine out of ten guys would react the same way. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got someone in your orbit that you've known for a very long time. And, yeah, sure, Jerry and Elaine were an item. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure the other two at least are just like, oh, it's, you know, it's Jerry's friend, our friend. And, oh, wait a minute. Hmm. She looks like Julie Louis-Drivers. And, she, uh, and she's sweaty. <laughs> and she leaves smutty messages. Yeah, Whoa, the fact that, that, this that's changes the thing, everything. The, the, the fact that she was acting smutty, yeah. But we've, we've seen an element of this with the Elaine character beforehand when she was flirting with George's boss at the bar, remember? That's I right, just like yeah. to get naked. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. When, there have been other occasions when she's tried to be flirty. Yeah, and failed. And just, yeah. and just completely dropped the ball. Yeah. So, Jerry comes over. I really like this too. He comes over and he says, oh, you know, Beta is the guy that got chased by the jockey at that time when he was harassing him at the, at the, at the <laughs> race course. I like they gave the, the character Beta, who we never saw, might not never see again, but they gave him a backstory to, yeah. a, to an extent. That's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> and a really vivid one as well. It's not yeah, like, like he, he became a real person. <laughs> yeah. He's not, oh, he's that guy from the club or what? It was like, you know what happened to Beta? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wacky Beta. You know that time he ch- got chased by a jockey? Jockey. <laughs> what about this girl on your tape recorder? Oh, Lane. <laughs> what do you think an enraptured female fan of mine might say? I don't know. She went on in some detail about certain activities, illegal in some states, for consenting adults. Things you would know very little about. Oh, really? Well, this type of thing is very common when you're in show business. Uh So what, are you going to ask her out? No, I can't. She didn't leave her name or number. Bummer. Okay. Good luck finding her. I'm taking off. Where, Where are you going? Home. What are, you, what are you going home for? Well, I just came from the gym. Unless I could shower at your place. Sure. <laughs> the the tap of the cloth on his head, like, it's just, and like, the fact he doesn't say anything, he just gets it. Oh, I thought I just I literally just cracking up laughing. It was so funny. We're now at Jerry's, and George is listening to the tape again, and Elaine walks in wearing nothing but a towel and bends over in front of him. <laughs> Quite the episode for JLD fans. <laughs> Where he's now on the phone to China, and uh, he called. Uh, she, uh, who was it? Uh, Jerry calls Elaine a boldest because she's never dated a bald guy. Kramer then enters with his camera and gets Elaine to act all sexy. It's the adult film star Elaine Bennis. Well, we're talking with Elaine Bennis, adult film star, on the <laughs> set of her new picture. Elaine does the Upper West Side. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> Do you speak English? English! Oh, here's the director, Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, Jerry, you discovered Elaine Bennis. Well, yes, I did. That's true. Uh, A couple of guys I knew in the Coast Guard told me about her. (laughs) And I sensed that she had the anger and intensity that I needed to make this film work. (laughs) 
English. Does anybody speak English? Nobody speaks English. So, uh, what scene are you getting ready to shoot now, Elaine? In this scene, my co-star, who's right over here, follow me, is George Costanza. And he plays an airline pilot who's just returned from Rome, and I'm about to show him how much I've missed him. That's my Chinese food. <laughs> so, George, is this your first movie with Elaine? I, I don't know. <laughs> so, Elaine, in your movies, is the sex real or is it simulated? Oh, it's always simulated. Except with George. That's in my contract. These are the some of my favorite bits of Seinfeld where you know it's scripted, but it feels like it's off the cuff and they're just bantering because yeah. it feels real. This is what friends do. You know, Jerry, you're the director. Go with it. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, she's my... No, the, I found well, my friends at the Coast Guard founder, and uh, yeah, you know. and I mean they're creative people. So of course Jerry can come up with stuff off the cuff, and anyone who would be with Jerry would have to be fairly witty On and the fairly quick as yep. well. Yeah, so of course Elaine can take it and run with it, but it's surprising how well she does. Yes, <laughs> how well she commits to the bit. Yeah. It's really great. Um, but George can't get through to anyone on the phone uh, because he's on the phone to China now. No one's speaking English, and Elaine. Uh, says that George is her co-star and George gets flustered immediately. He doesn't know how to react. It's just amazing. Uh, the Chinese food arrives and then uh, Kramer says, is the sex simulated or is it real? <laughs> it's always simulated. Except with George. That's in my contract. <laughs> like, this is so fucking funny. I'm like, this is just, I, I have to watch this with Nicola after this because I think she'll find this hilarious mm. as well. Uh, but yeah, so he still can't get through to the people on the phone. Then Ping arrives and he, just, he says, oh, oh, well, they ask him, can you translate for George? And he does so. How great is it when he gets on the phone, says something, looks at George and starts laughing? <laughs> Billion people over there. He found a relative. <laughs> he says, to, you got to send the money and they'll send the cream. Do you have any side effects? Impotence? Bores? Laughing? Joking at his expense. It's just, yeah, this whole scene is fantastic as well. He says, get the money order from the Bank of China and you'll get your cream in three days from when they get the money. And then Ping just casually sits down on the couch and has a chat to whoever's on the phone with the magazine. Puts, puts his feet up. Hilarious. And Seinfeld doesn't do this very often where they just let it linger on and the crowd's just laughing the whole time. It felt like a very, like, everybody loves Raymond-esque kind of gag where yeah. something happens and they sort of wait for the crowd to stop laughing and then they continue. Yeah. But this didn't feel awkward because he's just like, hello. Like it's, and then, yeah, mm. I just thought this was really... This whole scene was just... This whole episode is just fantastic. I don't know. It's hard to sort of explain how much I love this, but I just... I loved it a lot. <laughs> well, you're doing a pretty good job so far. <laughs> George is now driving Elaine home. It's something which he wouldn't normally do, but now he's infatuated with her. And he, she, she goes, get out. Where are you going? Oh, I guess you have to go upstairs. She says, well, do you want to do something? And he's like, I can't think of anything. Well, I'm up for anything. <laughs> she's like, oh, my. But <laughs> <laughs> him hitting the, hitting the car the horn. horn. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> two, two for honk if you're horny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, everything was just nailed in this episode. And she says, uh, oh, no, he says to her, you know, you're really good at doing that porno thing. And but then and then it just starts getting really awkward, doesn't it? Oh, it's a full body cringe just watching it. <laughs> it's like, oh, George, I mean, you were awkward at the best of times, but trying to negotiate this situation yeah. and just, yeah, absolutely absolutely failing it's it's so fun to watch and so terrible to watch simultaneously but elaine's just so either gullible or nice that she doesn't really realize what's I happening i think just yet. oblivious i think yeah, she yeah. would just you know what yeah yeah like you said george, doesn't george think, doesn't, why would george like me you know yeah and she doesn't think of herself as a sexy person that's it and that's why it works and, and so certainly well. not yeah. in this situation where she's around yeah people who to the best of our best of our knowledge have never shown any sort of romantic or sexual interest in her other than well, Jerry, it's got, of course, it's but. got that. She's got that element to her in this episode of you know when you say like a sexy librarian or whatever who you know she's never gone out with a guy before, never done all this other stuff, and she's not very exciting, and all of a sudden she whips the hair out and the glasses come <laughs> off, and it's like oh now she's free. That's that's what Elaine felt like in this episode. <laughs> uh, he takes a deep breath when she walks out. He doesn't know what he's doing with himself. We come back and I want to say the venue give Jerry this woman's number. Like, <laughs> like who gave Jerry the number? That's a really good point. They're like. Like, who just gives out someone's number without their permission? First of all, <laughs> how, um, do they, how do they how do they get her number? <laughs> the nineties was a very different time in that regard. It's, it was, uh, yeah. You know, you couldn't uh, cyber stalk anyone. You couldn't look them up on Facebook or Twitter. That's or, true. Yeah, yeah. Or LinkedIn. 
<laughs> LinkedIn. Oh, wow, we. You have to be professional to use LinkedIn. (laughs) No amateurs, pros only. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, so he gets the number. She thinks she was going to leave this incredibly erotic message on my tape and I was just going to let it go. Not bloody likely. (laughs) What is that? That's my Cockney accent. No, no, that's no good. (laughs) Let's hear yours. Not bloody likely. That's the worst Cockney accent I've ever heard in my life. But everyone does that. We try to do that accent. And we can. We, it's very rare that someone can do an English accent well. You live with an English person. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because whenever we watch an American show, whenever someone does an, an accent, Nicola will always, always with that foul go, he's not English. Or, oh, yeah, he's English. <laughs> like, she, she'll, she can just tell straight away. Um, we're, we're watching that show, um, watching Burn Notice, obviously. And it's and the chick that plays Fiona, she's really got a really weird accent because she was full Irish in like the first couple of episodes. And it's mm. like the the head hound shows at the network were like, we don't need an Irish accent. The Americans don't like the Irish accent. Go to the American accent. And all of a sudden, she's talking American. It's like that's weird because she's English. Yeah, yeah. So she was talking like Irish, and all yeah. of a sudden now she's American. It's like what happened? <laughs> Wait, but she was an English actor. English actress doing an Irish accent. Yeah, now she's doing an American accent. That was really weird. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> George arrives with the cream. Oh, I thought we were going to trade Cockney accents. Oh, we- you go first then. Okay. Yeah, no, no, you you go first. Well, what are we going to say? Not, well, bloody, not likely. bloody likely. I don't. What what is a Cockney accent though? I don't actually know what it not, is. I can not just do bloody it. lightly. Like what though? Not bloody lightly. I can't that, do it. That was pretty good. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> I think I think both of ours were better than Jerry's and Kramer's, and they're professional actors. Uh, but George arrives with the cream. It's obviously been three days since they received the money. Very fast shipping, though, for the early 90s, don't you reckon? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, they didn't have the supply and chain issues that we have these days. I um, I buy shit from China now on eBay. It takes, like, you buy it now, and it's like, you may receive it in November. <laughs> <laughs> You're buying stuff from Wish. Yes. Kramer goes to get the camera because he wants to um to film George's head. George is very suspicious of this cream. He's like, I don't know about this. And Kramer then films the top of George's head. And George is like, I've had enough of this. So he runs off to put the, to put the cream on. And then we go here and it doesn't go anywhere again. I don't know whether it's going to be the next episode maybe, but Kramer brings up the guy who took his jacket. And his mummy's That's right. Yeah. Now, was this the previous episode or a couple of episodes back? I think it was two, two ago. Yeah. That's not very often that they have throwbacks to previous no. episodes like this. But- he says he got arrested for mail fraud. The guy, he tends to find out whether he took the jacket with him or not. And then he doesn't in this episode. So, I'm assuming it comes in a later episode. Yeah. George then enters with the cream on top of his head. And as we discussed, you stink. That's <laughs> <laughs> well bad. You stink. Very, very, very good acting. Very good delivery. Elaine calls and she asks, did you get the number? And George, hi, Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine says that she's at someone's house can't remember who it was and Jerry says I'll come to see you and uh, or is, are they going to meet up there or something like I, that I, I, Elaine said she was going to come over Didn't oh she? is that what she said okay yeah. okay. and then Jerry uh, George asked Jerry did she say hello back to me <laughs> I don't know <laughs> who doesn't say hello back but you know when someone says I'll say hello to your mum for me oh yeah I will you never do no <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a nice not a polite thing to do but George is infatuated with Elaine. He's infatuated to know whether did she did she it, it's rude. Did she did she say hello back? She, surely she, she surely she likes me. And then he says that Elaine's coming up, so he races off. And every time George or Jason raced off in this in this scene or in this episode, it was just a, it's got more and more funny. Especially mm. when he had the cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> but Kramer asked the question: How often do you cut your toenails? How often do you cut your toenails, Mister Davis? Let's see. Probably once a fortnight to three weeks. Okay, I think I'm probably in that ballpark as well. You want to yeah. want to keep them at a, keep them at bay. You don't want to be scratching. Fin- yeah, fingernails once a week. My fingernails grow really quickly. Do they? Okay. Yeah, uh, but toenails. Yeah, fortnight to three, maybe a month. I hate my feet. I've always hated my feet. Do you hate your feet? I hate- I'm, I'm not a fan of my feet. No, yeah, I, no. I, I hate. I, I like wearing thongs just for the, the comfort, but I hate people seeming thongs. I just. I think my feet are hideous. Well, that's the thing. I mean, speaking of, of, of China, I mean, I, I look like I've had my feet bound like one of those Chinese girls back in the old days because <laughs> they, they sort of my my little pinky toe sort of curls underneath a little bit. Yeah, so does mine. It's weird. I'm 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 lucky the lovely Louise doesn't have a foot fetish because she be like. No, no, forget it. (laughs) (laughs) 
has she ever seen your feet? She just wear socks all the time. <laughs> yes, I, I wear socks twenty four seven. Not even just not even wear socks to bed. Shoes to bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> gumboots. Kramer says, "Do you know gumboots aren't what they call them in England? Nicola calls them wellies. Wellington boots. Yeah, they're wellies. <laughs> and a vacuum isn't a vacuum; it's a Hoover. And what's the other thing they say? Oh, they well." I'm sure they say a bunch of other things. No, it's it's UK where it's like, oh, I've got to get me thongs on. It's like, what, you're oh, flip-flops. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, they, they say, yeah, pants, but they mean undies. Yeah. That's right. Yes. I, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things I like about the Brits. I, when they, yeah, when they refer to undies as, yeah, yeah, pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like. And then they'll, yeah. they'll refer to something bad as pants. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that, I don't know if that happens as much as now. Pants, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where are we up to? Oh, yeah. So, Kramer's discussing his toenails. And you see you cut Marion with his big toe. And then, mm. then this is where Jerry tries George's joke and just falls flat with Kramer. doesn't yeah. like him at all. The captain of the, yeah, the captain of the toes. Elaine then calls up and says, you know what? I'm too busy. I'm not, I'm not going to come up now. And uh, I just love George comes back. Elaine's not coming up. Goes back to put the cream on. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Jerry calls Alicia to go on a date. And he returns from his date in some time, very annoyed because he got the pullback. You can tell this is a 1991 episode because that red jacket. Yeah, the, the fashion is very nice. That's what I love about this episode, or about this show in general, though. It's just, it, it epitomizes the 90s. It's a lovely time capsule, yeah. See, Friends started in the 90s, but ended in the 2000s. So it's, it's got that transition mm. there where you watch the later episodes, it doesn't feel 90s. Seinfeld always feels 90s. Yes. <laughs> and I'll, yeah. You mentioned the pullback. I love it. I get the pullback. I don't get this woman. We're having a great time. Couple of laughs. Everything's nice. End of the night, I go in for a little contact. I get the pullback. <laughs> this woman, she said the filthiest things I ever heard in my life. I get the pullback. <laughs> Kramer then asks for a number because he knows how to handle the psychotics. Then George enters with his cowboy hat. <laughs> it's just, it's one of the, again, another one of those moments that happens quite a lot throughout the series where George w- walks in with something outrageous. You know, he's got the big puffy mm. coat, remember? Yeah. They, they bash him around and things like that. But they, he says to, to Jerry, I need to discuss something with you. But first, Kramer wants to inspect his head. So he's inspecting, inspecting, and let's go to the videotape. And then they say, he, as he's going off to get the camera, uh, he says to Jerry, I'm attracted to Elaine. Boom, Kramer walks back in. And he tries to he's put the tape in. He's trying to inspect. And like, Kramer, can we just do this at another time? So he says, fine, he's going to go do it. This next bit here, it actually should have been one of my favorite moments. So I thought it was great. With the, Elaine doesn't know, but she promised me not to tell. Does she know? No. How did it happen? I can't say. Well, why can't you say? Because I promised her. I thought you just said she doesn't know. She doesn't. <laughs> So how can you promise her? Because she asked me to. What is this, an Abbott and Costello routine? <laughs> then why can't you tell me? Because I promised her I wouldn't. What is this, an Abbott and Costello, Costello routine? routine. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought the delivery from this was just so great. Uh, and then he finally reveals, look, fine. Okay, you can't tell her, but it was it was Elaine on, on the tape. And Jerry just can't believe it. He wants to listen as well. No, I want to listen. I, my ex-girlfriend, I have precedence. <laughs> so still yeah. listening. Elaine then arrives and George races off again to, t- <laughs> to take his cream off, which I thought was great. Jerry starts listening again. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Elaine walks in. What's wrong? Oh, 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 I've got a pain in my side. <laughs> then George walks in again with no cream on his head, but s- something stinks in here. Did you notice that he nods to he's, Jerry? Yeah, he's, um, <laughs> throws it's, Jerry yeah, under yeah. the bus. Don't say anything, but yeah, it's, it, it's not me, it's him. Elaine then comes clean. Look, you know. I have to come clean. It was me on the tape. Yeah, I know. George told me. <laughs> Jerry's an asshole. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah, he's a habitual bus thrower under. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's karma for George for nodding, pointing well, towards, yeah. <laughs> blaming the stink on, our, on, um, on Jerry. George and, you know, comes clean and, uh, and Kramer bursts in saying, he found a hair, he found a hair. And Kramer just can't, well, he comes clean, or George comes clean about, Loving um, Elaine. And Kramer can't believe it was Elaine on the tape. Like, what, what do you mean? And then all of a sudden, they all stare at her. And it's just, I'm like, this is every male right now. Like, this this, this couldn't be any more true. <laughs> By the way, just to rewind a little bit, I'm sorry, I've forgotten where it actually happened. But clearly, yeah. uh, Kramer says something about the captain of the toes. And George's like, you're doing my bit. Are you doing, you stole my bit. I'm not doing your bit. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, th- I really loved. I thought that was good. But yeah, I just love the 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 stare at Elaine, making it all awkward. She but leaves. Yeah, it's so awkward for Elaine. And, and George, I mean, 
It reminded me of you know, that, that meme of that, that photo from a porno where there's just a blonde girl on the couch. There's like 12 black guys behind her. Oh, gosh. Have you, have you seen that photo? I'm not sure I have, actually. It gets used, it gets used prob- in memes I've, a lot. I've probably seen that movie. But- it, gets, <laughs> it gets used in memes all the time. There's just this skinny little white girl, blonde girl, on a couch. And behind the couch is just 12 naked black dudes. Oh, yeah, and people yeah. use it for memes of like when something's getting- like, For example, if Geelong got belted by the, the Tigers oh, this yeah. week, it had the Geelong footy club on the couch and the Tigers behind them. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, and the, the, the scene, the, the episode ends with them all fighting over the tape. Oh, we get some stand-up as well, mm. which I thought was, was quite true as well. You know, the yeah. message, if anything's said in a breathy voice, you can handle it. You have cancer. <laughs> We're going to crash into a mountain. Oh, but yeah, d- I, yeah, just, just going back to that, uh, that yeah. last shot, though, of the three of them sort of smiling. Yeah, I mean, yep. Michael Richards and Jerry sort of got semi-regular face, and George has just got that weird, insipid smile happening that's just, oh, no, he's the worst choice out of the three. <laughs> yeah, at the end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. George is like, it's it's it's, it's me, right? You're going to choose yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, man, what an episode, though, eh? What an episode. Oh, very, very happy we talked about the tape. We could probably talk about it a, a while longer, but um, I think we've said more than enough. We just, we, we both really, really enjoyed it, and for very good reasons. Everyone is just, you know, uh, throwing absolute heat uh, in this episode, both behind the camera and in front of it. And as as I said, if you if you team Julia Louis-Drivers, yeah, this episode will make you a happy, happy camper. I think this episode relates to both men and women for different reasons. I think men can relate to it because they can see themselves in the George character and how he's infatuated with Elaine. But I think female viewers would love this episode as well because mm. females know they put on the sexy voice that we're just like, oh, like, like, like we're just, we're, we're animals. <laughs> <laughs> we're putty in the hands. And like, w- women know that they can just manipulate us if they want to. Just all, it's all in mm. the voice. And yeah, I just, I just, I'm actually going to go out and watch this with Nicola now because I think she'll love it. What's just, yeah. I can't praise this episode enough. I thought it was just one of the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we talked about it. Because the mail never stops. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's never a let up. It's relentless. Now, we have a couple of mailbag questions, Mr. Davis. Do we now? This one comes from Bridget. Hey, Bridget. What are some of your favorite experiences seeing a stand-up comedian? Who are oh. some of your favorites, I guess she's saying? Very good question. I actually saw Jerry Seinfeld. Live what? in 2018, I want to say it was 2018, 2019 what? in Melbourne. And it's funny, a lot of the material <laughs> he used is stuff from like the last time he was in Australia from like 20 okay. years ago. It's like he just rehashed the same fucking material, but also just goes to show the world hasn't changed. Very much so. Um, oh, gosh. Have you have you ever been to like an, uh, a comedian where it was so bad, you're just like, oh, no, I want to die inside? <laughs> Not quite, not that bad. I mean, I've I've recognised that it's a really it's probably more balls than like getting up with a guitar and singing. Getting up and just like you've got to have serious balls to get up and do comedy. Yeah, Holy yeah, shit! I'm going to make you laugh. Yeah, and um, so I always try to cut us some slack. But yeah, there are certain types. I mean, the one thing that springs to mind, and it's actually two comedians because I was I was doing reviews at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I was reviewing shows, and I saw two shows back to back. One was by this young female comedian named Demi Lardner, and she was kind of weird and absurd, but her show was really well-structured, and, you know, she had great punchlines and great gags. I really liked her style. I thought it was fantastic. And there were about maybe 30, 40 people in the room. It was one of those, one of those small rooms at the Melbourne Town Hall. The next uh, was a guy named, uh, oh, yeah, fuck it, I'll name him. His name, his name was Nick Cody. He's on the radio now. I think he's, you know, he's a bit of a sort of a blokey, bushy red beard Aussie dude. He had about 400 people in his room and uh, his stories were just like, okay, oh yeah, Nick's the funny guy at your pub. Nick's the funny guy in your crew. Nick's the guy who makes sure that everyone can hear what he's saying at all times. Kind, kind of, of yeah. Person. And look, I feel bad. I'm not, I'm not sledging, sledging the guy, but because I mean, he had, he was perfectly affable. He had good comic timing and you know, he wasn't, he wasn't terrible, but he was just like, yeah, you're just telling pub stories. <laughs> You know, and, that, and that's fine, but we're not at the pub. There's no yeah. palmy here. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the palmy? Me. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I mean, that's that's the comedy experience that sort of really leaps out at me. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah this comedian's really good and only 40 people are seeing it. 400 people have seen this guy who's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, Nick. Oh, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> what's what's a stand up special you can recommend to everybody? I'm I'm really partial to um to Bo Burnham on Netflix. He's got like three shows, and he gets a bit deep, uh, particularly with his latest one, Inside, which he um he filmed during the pandemic, and he touches on mental health issues a lot. He's very millennial, uh, but at the same time, he's incredibly funny and and really really inventive. Does great songs. I think he's there are three. He has three specials on Netflix. I think the second one is called Make Happy, and I really, really like it. It's does it make you happy? It does, but it also makes you think. Okay. <laughs> um, and of course, look, I may be cancelled for saying this, but there's a bunch of Chappelle on um, on oh, Netflix. That's good, yeah. And I'm sorry, I can just put those on at any time. He is just the goat. That yeah. man. <laughs> he <laughs> is he like he like. People say, oh, yeah, sure, whatever, Chappelle, yeah, we all love Chappelle. But you watch Chappelle and you go, no, he actually is the best. He really is just, oh. He doesn't give a fuck at all. He's fearless, but he's also just an incredible artist and technician. I mean, he'll- He's not just going on stage and saying shit for the sake of it. No, no. his shows are incredibly well-constructed. And and I'm I'm sure there are occasions when he's he's riffing, but most of the time it's just, yeah, this show's really well put together. And- yeah, he'll say some controversial stuff, but he'll even the stuff that's made him a bit unpopular. There's stuff folded into that's like this is probably it's, 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 it's unpopular because a lot of the time the people know that he's what he's saying is actually got an element of truth to it, but they don't want to hear it. Yeah, or uh, yeah, certainly a great element of uh, humanity to it. Now, yeah. do I think he's dwelling on it a bit? Mm, maybe, but I I think he's also a savvy enough comedian. Like, well, let's keep him in the public eye. So um. There we go. Uh, but yeah, Bo Burnham is a guy I okay. like a lot, and he's uh, he's got three specials on Netflix. Check out Make Happy. Did you ever see the Sandler one? I haven't seen all of it yet. The only the the main the bit that keys. I've watched, yeah, the main bit is the song about Farley. At the end, Farley. The see, Farley. I feel like that special was because everyone just likes to hang shit on Sandler, and I feel like when that special came out, everyone went, "That's right, he's a good guy." We like this. Oh, we yeah. like this Sandler guy. That's right. He's doing the voice. We remember this. Why, why are we making fun of Sandler? He's a good guy. He misses yeah. his friend, and he, he talks about his phone wallet and keys. And yeah, it's actually. A, I mean, it's not the greatest stand-up of all time, but you watch it and you're like, I like this guy. <laughs> Look, it's 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 fun to rag on people who are successful. Yeah, like and that. we love we love to do it in Australia. Yeah. Um, that fucking Nick Cody guy Fuck him Fuck, fuck that guy <laughs> No Nick Cody I've never seen any of your stuff I apologise I'm sure you are a lovely human being I'm sure he is as well And I feel bad That I sort of used him as an example But I mean I, He wasn't bad He just wasn't to my liking And I thought there were yeah. better comedians out there He's incredibly successful by the look of it But <laughs> But someone As successful as Sandler It's not a fluke Is it? I mean And it's not you know, a, an epidemic of bad taste has swept the world. Or it's like, oh, we don't know how to recognise. We just can't recognise good comedy more. If someone is that successful, they must have something going for them, I think. So, yeah. It's the same with Amy Schumer. Um, Amy Schumer doesn't do it for me, but she obviously does it for somebody because she's very successful. Yeah. I mean, look, there are parts of Amy Schumer's act that I don't like, but there are parts of her show, certainly, that um, her, her TV show inside Amy Schumer that, yeah, it was just hilarious, really well done. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of comedians off the top of my head that I don't like, but then do you like Bill Burr? I like him fine, but I'm not. I'm not one. He's not one I listen to on the regular. Yep, I mean, I don't okay. listen to his podcast or anything like that. Yeah, but there are times when I've sort of heard him. Like, yeah, I think I like where he's coming from, but I'm not a fan of his sort of like I'm a Boston guy. I'll tell it to you straight style. <laughs> it's like <laughs> eh. <laughs> those guys will probably make fun of me. So fuck them. We've got one more question here. Yeah. from the mailbag by the way Seinfeld uh, talkingseinfeld at gmail.com if you do have a question for us guys talkingseinfeld at gmail.com we'd love to hear from each and every one of you but this one here's from Jackson T says Jackson T do you ever feel like Je- yeah <laughs> do you ever feel like Jerry just kept George Elaine and Kramer around because they'd give him endless material for his stand up <laughs> well George was a, a lifelong friend or from high school yeah but do you feel like the character of Jerry almost feels sorry for George, which is why he keeps him around? I don't think it's sorry. I think, you know, Jerry, to use the dumbass terminology, I think Jerry views himself as a bit of an alpha male, even though he's not, and he yeah. needs to have his beta male. He, Jerry's a court jester who needs his own court jester, and I think that's what George is. Yeah. I, think, I don't think George, I think 
George continually fucking up and failing and all that kind of business just makes Jerry feel all the better about himself. Elaine, it's always handy to have a, a female best friend when you're single to be Absolutely. the wing girl. Yeah, and they, they kind of balance each other out quite nicely, yeah. I think. And you can't get rid of Kramer. He lives with you. You can't get rid of Kramer. He's just a wild card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but I like the question. Though. The question makes sense. So, it really does. Um, I don't think he'd want to get rid of them if he could. He'd be sad if one of them left, yeah. Absolutely. All right, so that is the mailbag for the tape. I hope you guys enjoyed our review of the episode. Man, I'm going to go back and rewatch this episode right now because the second <laughs> I put it on, I've not stopped smiling since I've watched it and done this review. I've been smiling the entire time. We've both been smiling. A fantastic episode of Seinfeld. The next episode of Talking Seinfeld, we're going to be reviewing The News Job. Looking forward to that one as well. Don't forget, guys, if you want to get in contact with us, it's talkingseinfeld at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do listen to this podcast. But yeah, as I said, please send send in a message or send in a question, talkingseinfeld at gmail.com. We would love to hear from all of you and what you enjoy about the show. All right, Mr. Davis, this has been The Tape. Next episode is The Nose Job. Any final words for those incredible listeners out there? Not bloody lightly. <laughs> <laughs>